right, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. We are super excited to get started with today's podcast. We are ending the chapter on basketball for the uh, NBA basketball season and moving on to football. So we're moving on to football, guys, and that's going to be great to get into this. Um, But before we do, we do want to talk a little bit about uh, news when it comes to the NBA uh, as far as capping everything off. You know, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, really awesome that that city was able to get a uh, title this year. Um, you know, they had some setbacks with the Packers, obviously, and obviously with the offseason, the way Aaron Rodgers has been going. Um, you know, uh, the city of, well, just Wisconsin in general, you know, but Milwaukee. Uh, was definitely definitely hurting, definitely struggling, especially after you know the the violence and things that happened in the city throughout the pandemic as well. And seeing now the title come to them uh, was fantastic for that city. I'm super excited for them. Great, great for the franchise. Um, you know, very very good. However, I will say that there was a there were there were separate shootings that happened while celebrating the Milwaukee Bucks win. Uh, that evening after the title, and three people got injured during those shootings. Uh, that was not really reported all that heavily, but guys, it needs to be. Um, that This is a huge thing, and I think cities need to understand that, yes, with the good comes the bad, and the cities that have not won for a very long time, you know, when the Philadelphia Eagles won, um, and now when, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks have won, like when these cities have not won a title in any sport for a while, you know, when you're talking 10-plus years, um, or five plus years, you know, whatever the situation, you can tell, you can get a feeling of, wow, this is huge for this city. You need to be more careful. You need to have more police out there. You need to do more to prevent these things because that's just sad, guys. It's really sad. I mean, in no way do we take this away from the city. In no way do we say, oh, Milwaukee didn't deserve to have this happen because, you know, they clearly couldn't take care of, uh, you know, celebrating the right way. I, I mean, in, in no way are we saying something like that. But it, it is something that I think these cities need to pay attention to. Uh, they do need to understand that, hey, this is something you need to make a priority. And, you know, they get wrapped up in the celebration, the success, and the money that could flow in from the win and, and you know, uh, the economy and stuff boosting, which it does. They will see a boost. The city of Milwaukee will see a boost in the economy in the upcoming year because of the fact that they won this NBA championship. There will be money flow into the city, and that's something that they need to uh, rejoice and be excited about, but at the same time, brace for this in the future for you smaller cities and things that haven't won in a while or bigger cities. And please keep this from happening because it's just so sad to me. It really tape, uh, really taints the celebration. And when the next headline the next day is, um, you know, someone injured or someone killed from the celebration after the title, it really sucks. Um, sad for Chris Paul. You know, it's really sad for Chris Paul, guys. Um, you know, moving on to the Phoenix Suns, they had a great run. Uh, just like they did the previous postseason. Um, I mean, it it is sad. It is sad. Whether you're a Chris Paul fan or not, you know, you, you don't you hate to see the guys like Charles Barkley and things like that. Some great, amazing players who don't win titles. Um, it's looking like he's gonna have a very rough chance to win one. Um, and he's probably one of the best, if not the best, point guard to ever play the game. So it's really, really sad for him. Uh, I, I really wish that uh, he would have been able to get a ring this year. 
you know, not that we are upset the Bucks won. Obviously, we do love that they won. I'm a huge Giannis fan, and I, I grew to be more of a Giannis fan in these playoffs. He did everything the right way, so I'm very excited about that. It's better than guys like LeBron James who just think they're entitled to winning and things like that. So he was very humble about it. I love what they did. I love Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of my top five players in the league right now, um, and he really made that jump. Uh, from outside, just outside the top 10 into the top five with this championship run. But it is sad for Chris Paul. Um, you know, he doesn't have a lot more years in him. Uh, I mean, that's just how it goes. You know, I mean, he could play a lot longer, but he's not going to be a, a dominating huge factor. You know, I mean, he might be a starter and stuff, but he's not going to be a leader on the team for many more years. And I think he wants to win it that way, and as most players would typically want to do, and not chase titles on a bench. Uh, like some guys have done in their careers to get titles. So, like I said, it is sad for him, but, um, you know, all props to Milwaukee. And, you know, Milwaukee didn't win that title. Giannis Antetokounmpo won that. Giannis won that series. He literally won it himself. From game one through that series, he was dynamite. He was effective. He did what he needed to do. He'd step out and take some jump shots every now and then, but he knew, I got to get inside. I got to dominate. Give me the ball. I'm taking over. He did his rebound thing. He did his blocks. He, he did everything that we expected a player to be able to do with his caliber. And so he stepped up, played amazing, and he is the reason that they won the NBA championship. There's plenty of games. Middleton didn't show up. There's plenty of games. Drew Holiday didn't show up. There's plenty of games he didn't have his role players and his, his guys around him step up, and they still won because he dominated. So major props to him. Um, honestly, I don't see them get, having a chance to repeat unless they bring in some help because those guys were not consistent enough. Um, you know, Middleton is just not consistent enough. That's the thing that I have with him. I mean, I, I like Middleton as a player, but he's not a consistent Robin to the Batman there. I'd rather have Drew Holiday be the number two player and get somebody in there who's consistently going to be able to hit shots. So, anyway, I think it's a long shot for them to repeat. Congrats to Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll close this chapter on the NBA season as things move forward. We'll have some news and things later on as we get into the offseason and whatnot every now and then, just like we were doing with the NFL. But now we will jump into the NFL. And Aurora is super excited. She's wearing her Ruffery outfit today. Super excited for the NFL topics. So what we're going to do, guys, we're going to have the next few episodes. Um, we're actually going to be breaking down divisions. We're going to be talking about the teams. We're going to be giving you some insight as to what's going on with them. And, uh, yeah, with that being said, let's jump in it so you guys can see. Uh, later toward the end, once we get uh, a little into the preseason, stuff like that, we'll kind of look at some teams. We'll do our evaluations, kind of say what our predictions are, who's going to make playoffs, who's going to go here, who's going to do that, you know, that type of thing. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Obviously, it's really early on in the preseason, but... Let's get to talking about it. So, we have, first up, the Broncos. Okay, the Denver Broncos. We're talking about the AFC West. Okay, we're previewing the AFC West this year, guys. And this division probably has the least amount to talk about out of all the divisions. Um, a lot of things are still going to be very chalk as a part, as you know, as a part of what people are expecting, what people think is going to happen. So, that's why we meshed this in with closing out the NBA season because we don't need to have... We don't need to have as much time talking about it as we do some of these other divisions. There's not as much shakeups, you know, no huge quarterback changes, things like that. There's quarterback, you know, controversy in certain places. But, hey, it's the NFL. What do you expect? It's what's going to happen. So the Denver Broncos, all right, first thing, this is the and this is probably the biggest question throughout the entire division, 
Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? Is it going to be Drew Locke or is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater, guys? Like, what do we expect? Yeah, what do you guys think? Please let us know. We are very excited to hear about what everybody out there expects from this quarterback um, competition. You know, it's definitely going to be a competition as well. You know, I think there's plenty of times they'll say, oh, Drew Locke's our guy. Oh, Bridgewater's our guy. Like, they'll say whatever until the cows come home, guys. But we will see it in the preseason. I'm excited to see how those snaps go and what the team ends up ultimately doing. Now, there is another big question with this team, and we'll get to that at another key position. But I think that Teddy's going to end up taking over at some point. Teddy is a little bit more mobile, I believe. I also think that Teddy has more touch on the ball. Drew Locke seems to be this guy that goes 0-60, to 60 and that's it. There's not really a good in-between. And so he's really a gunslinger, in my opinion, when I'm looking at it and watching him throw. Not from a standpoint of how he plays, but from how he throws. It's hard for him to take things off the ball. He doesn't have as much touch on the ball, which is why he misses a lot of deep throws, things like that, that you'll see some you know, in-between intermediate game every now and then he's inaccurate. And I think that's why he can't really take things off the ball and give it that touch that he needs to. Okay. Now, amazing wide receiver core. Okay. It's amazing wide receiver core. Um, what you have to question here is the growth of Jerry Judy. Okay, is he going to grow? Is he going to elevate to that next level? Okay, he finished the year 856 yards on the season, average of 16.5 yards per catch. Very good. Like that's that's very very good, right? But he caught 52 balls. Okay, and that wasn't even the most. Noah Fant caught 62 balls. You know, so he he wasn't the top receiving tight end or receiver. Tim Patrick had 51 right below him. I do see Jerry Judy getting more of those throws, especially that there's been some more time with uh, Drew Locke uh, in the offseason, things like that. But I do think Teddy Bridgewater will like playing with him as well. The other thing that you can't count out is Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was hurt most of the season last year, guys. I mean, he went out, I think, game one and was done. So Cortland Sutton is going to come back and he's going to be a factor. Everybody seems to be overlooking him right now. Guys, he will come back. He will definitely be a factor. That's the only thing they really needed for weapons. They had two top targets, you know, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and nothing against Tim Patrick, but hey, he's not Cortland Sutton. So Cortland Sutton coming back, you know, he only had three catches for the entire season on six targets for 66 yards. That's in one game, guys. One game. That's an average of 22 yards per catch, okay? Obviously, that would come down, regress to the mean over the season, but he was getting his thing done in that one game, all right? So that's the question. Can Jerry Judy step up? He had 113 targets. Can he get that catch rate up a little bit more? Tim Patrick had a much better uh, catch rate because it was only 79 targets. He caught 51. So can we get that up a little bit? Some drop passes there, some missed targets as well from Drew Locke. But hopefully those things will uh, kind of pick up. They've got a couple good guys that can come in every now and then. KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton. You know, those guys can come in and do some things. I like the receiving core a lot. Now, they did lose Philip Lindsay, okay? Now, Philip Lindsay was the receiving running back. He was the guy that gets in there. You know, the little guy does his thing. Melvin Gordon is really their big load carry running back. And it showed, you know, 215 attempts from Melvin Gordon to 118 attempts from Philip Lindsay, they averaged pretty close to each other, 4.6 yards per carry on Melvin Gordon, while 4.3 yards per carry for Philip Lindsay. But Lindsay definitely did his thing when it came to receiving. 
Um, and that, that's, that's what he kind of was there for. Uh, but the thing was that last year it was actually a big regression. He only had seven receptions for 14 yards, which is probably why they got rid of him. He wasn't producing 32 receptions for 44 yards for Melvin Gordon. So that's, you know, it's interesting because I love who they brought in. I love they brought in Javante Williams. I think he is going to be a big factor for them. I think he's going to be a guy who can come out, catch more passes out in the uh, out of the, out of the backfield. Sorry, and provide some more speed. Okay, I think Philip Lindsay provided that speed, but I don't think they trusted him enough to handle some of these hits, get as much carries. I think it's really going to be more of a 50-50 split uh, as opposed to last year, which was probably more of like a 60-40 split 75-25 like that's really where we were going with Philip Lindsay Melvin Gordon I think it's gonna be more of a split back 50-50 choice there and we will see the D is showing man a little weakening you know it's it's a tough division and the defense is really showing that they're weakening they're aging a bit you know they used to be a top top defense every year for like a good five year span they are definitely showing wear and tear on that defense they've lost some big parts and free agency things like that or guys retiring so I don't think the defense is going to be as strong. This is definitely going to be the weakest team in this division moving forward right now from uh, you know, a defensive standpoint. But we'll see. I think they're competing there a little bit with the Raiders. And we'll move on from the Denver Broncos. We'll get into the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, what are we supposed to say, guys? What, what are we supposed to say about the Kansas City Chiefs that everybody out there listening to this doesn't already know? Okay. Patrick Mahomes, amazing quarterback. Uh, Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the league, maybe ever play as the way he's playing right now. Uh, you know, they've got Tyreek Hill, who is a burner out there from a receiving standpoint. You know, it's it's insane. It's insane uh, what they have from those three weapons. Now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire definitely underperforming last year from what people expected. I don't know why people expected so much from this young man. I mean... Yeah, Williams the year before had come in and, and done pretty well from a, a running back standpoint, but his his play was very comparable to what we got from Williams. So I don't I don't think it's so much about, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire underperformed. You know, he didn't play well. No, I don't think it's that guys. It's the scheme. It just doesn't suit for what they're doing there. Um so the Chiefs are the top dog in this division, however, the question is for how long? Because as everybody knows, Patrick Mahomes got that giant contract of his. And at some point, this free agent money, all this money to get these guys and keep these guys, it's going to run out and this team will be gashed. Um, so it's really great they were able to get Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a young rookie last year that plays really well. Um, so that, that will help them right now. But, man, two or three seasons, let's see what happens because that team's not going to be able to carry and keep all these guys that they have so Far. Okay, Mahomes was hurt last year, really, but, uh, you know, it, it it did hurt the franchise. It really hurt the franchise a lot that he got hurt because that's what they built the whole team around. And so, essentially, that's why they didn't end up winning the Super Bowl was because, yeah, he was out there limping around. He couldn't do his thing. So, they have a, a small window, I believe, you know, for the next three, maybe four seasons that they stretch some things out. Um, and then they're going to have to blow up the team. So they need to get a title in the next, you know, at least one or two titles in the next, you know, three or four years. And then they're going to have, they're going to be right in the mix with everybody. This offense is going to come down a bit and be at level with everybody else. So yeah, need to see that. Um, 
need to see that title come into Kansas City if if they're wanting to win right away because otherwise they're going to get right into where the Packers are. You know, every year they're really competing, but they're not dominant every year. Right now they have been dominant every year on offense, and that's going to end pretty soon, and they'll come back down to earth. So I think they need to really try to get a ring uh, title in there pretty soon. Now Clyde edwards lair we'll talk about him real quick before moving on again. There's not all that much to talk about with this team. But this is probably the main thing to talk about. Edwards Alaire, guys, he had 181 attempts. 181 rushing attempts. That's nowhere near the 200 plus rushing attempts that we just talked about for Melvin Gordon. So he's at 181 rushing attempts, 803 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. Now, this team is a pass focused offense. It's not ever been a huge, heavy running offense. So the fact that he had 4.54 yards per carry, that's not huge to me. I mean, Mahomes takes up some of the carries for the team every year. You know, he had 62 rushes, um, 308 yards, and that was second on the team. So literally there was no other comparable player. I mean, 63 attempts from Le'Veon Bell for 254 yards, which was, you know, garbage. But that's what he does. He he puts up garbage right now. So um, this team, I do like it, and I really do like Edwards Lair playing better. I think they are going to get away a little bit from the past. They're going to transition a little more to Edwards Alaire, rely on him, not put as much on Patrick Mahomes, get some more rushing yards in there and beat and bang a little bit. I think it'll make their offense a little more dynamic if that's possible, but I think it will. You know, they had two guys from a receiving standpoint went over a thousand yards. I expect that again. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are going to do their thing. They lost Sammy Watkins, not a big loss because I mean, he wasn't producing all that much for them. So this offense will still look the same, except I think we'll get a little bit of a feel for a heavier run game. And yeah, I expect them to win the division, but I'm going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, of course, it's going to be going to be another banner year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Guys, this is exciting. I loved watching Justin Herbert last year, and I will tell you guys, I had him being the number one quarterback on my draft board going into the draft um you know last year I had him the number one guy going in the draft I said that he would be number one um I went back looked at my texts I sent to uh you know my friends things like that and he was the guy at the top of my board and yeah I got I was right on that I loved it so um they found their future quarterback and Justin Herbert, uh, he's come out and, and played amazingly well, shocked everyone, you know, getting out there in the third game of the season and just doing his thing. So he finished the season 4,336 yards on the season, over the 4,000 mark. That's a great season. You know, he had a good completion percentage, you know, 66%. It's nothing to, you know, shake your head at or anything, you know, yards per game, over 300 yards per game. Guys, we were looking for 300 yards like as as being like, oh, that was a really great game from someone if they get over 300 yards. That's that you played you played a quality starting quarterback level. He averaged that. Averaged it, guys. So fantastic. Thinking but played amazingly well. 31 touchdowns, you know, only 10 interceptions, 32 sacks. Probably can get that down a little bit this upcoming season. But yeah, really great and that's without two games that that's two games he didn't even play. So we'll see those numbers all go up, and we're super excited about that. From a rushing standpoint, you know, Austin Eckler, I love Austin Eckler. He's a great player. I, I think he's going to continue to do really great things. Last year they did, if you look at it, 
man, it was really, really a 50-50 split. And you wouldn't know it from you know fantasy standpoint, from what people were talking about. Josh Kelly had 111 rushing attempts to Austin Eckler's 116. Now, it's fine. I'm still an Austin Eckler fan. I still think in fantasy you go with Austin Eckler because of the fact that Austin Eckler does his thing from a receiving standpoint, okay? And that that is huge. Josh Kelly did not have a lot of receptions. He only had 23. Um, Austin Eckler had 54, okay? On 65 targets as opposed to 23 targets for Josh Kelly. So 146 receiving yards for Josh Kelly, 403 receiving yards for Austin Eckler. That's the big difference. That's where you get a huge change in these players. And I do think they'll give Austin Eckler a little bit more room to run uh, this upcoming season. At least I hope they do. He also only played 10 games last season, Austin Eckler did, because he was off the field with a little bit of injuries, things like that. And I think that's where Josh Kelly caught up to him from a – you know, rushing attempts standpoint. And they had a couple other guys. Kalen Balazs came in there, did his thing a little bit, Justin Jackson. But, uh, you know, definitely good. Exciting to see this team moving forward from the receiving standpoint. Um, Guys, solid, solid receivers. Um, They did lose Hunter Henry from a tight end standpoint. He had 60 receptions last year on 93 targets, 613 yards. Guys, Hunter Henry is great. However, he can be replaced, and they brought in Jared Cook, a savvy veteran who has done his thing in New Orleans last couple seasons. I mean, Jared Cook's nothing to sneeze at. He He's a solid receiver out there with good hands uh, from a tight end standpoint, and that's what Justin Herbert needs. That's, that's all he needs is a guy who's going to be consistent and catch the passes out there. From a, a wide receiving standpoint, you know, Mike Williams is, is still a really good wide receiver. He, he does drop the ball a little bit there. You know, 85 targets, 48 catches. Keenan Allen, 147 targets, 100 catches. Keenan Allen is the go-to guy in this offense. He's going to continue being the go-to guy in this offense. Keenan Allen is old man reliable. I mean, he is one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL right now because every year you just know to count on him. You know you can throw the ball to him, and he's going to bring it down and get you a catch and get you a first down. That's what I love. That's what I love about him. So, you know, Tyron Johnson did a little bit last year, not all too much, 20 receptions, 26 targets, 398 yards. Um, You know, but Mike Williams, he averaged 15.8 yards per catch. Keenan Allen only averaged 9.9. Again, Keenan Allen's that surefire reception guy. He's your possession guy. And, and that's fine. We don't want to see that change. But Jalen Guyton, 28 receptions on 55 targets. You know, if we can get his catch rate up a little bit, he caught an 18.3-yard average per catch. And Ty, Tyron Johnson had 19.9 average per catch, and that led the team. So, you know, the top two guys are not leading the team in yards per catch, which we don't expect. We I would love – I rather would see this team – with solid catching guys who can help Justin Herbert stay comfortable, poised in the pocket, knows he can go to those guys and get catches, but then every now and then you can take those deep shots with these flyers out there. Um, and that that's what you really want to see. So, yeah, from a defense standpoint, you know, man, this defense was really struggling. You know, they lost a couple guys to injury um, during the season, and I think that really, really made a difference for them. They do have those guys coming back, so I'm excited. You know, they're getting back. Uh, Bosa, I believe, uh, is coming back off the injury. And, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be better. They're going to be much better. Now, I, I don't expect them to come back and be like, 
you know, top five defense in the league, but if they can be top 10 defense in the league, this team has a chance to really make some noise. They have a chance to contend out there. They have all the pieces that you look for. And so this is a team, don't be surprised if they don't go out there and make some noise for sure. Okay. So last up, we will talk about the, not Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders still got to adjust to that guys. I mean, man, the Oakland Raiders, such a big thing, but now got to adjust and make it Las Vegas. So Viva Las Vegas guys. We're talking about Derek Carr at quarterback. He's going to stay the quarterback because man, John Gruden loves him. Now, I don't have anything against Derek Carr. I think he's a great quarterback. I really do. I don't think he's a guy that's going to win you a championship. I think you have, a great, have to have a great team around him to win a championship. He's just not a guy that's going to do that. He's a consistent, solid quarterback. He's got a 67% completion percentage, You know, completed 348 passes for 4,103 yards. You know, he's over the 4,000 mark. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for to make sure a guy's productive. You know, Mariota came in there and did his thing in one game. He had 17 completions, 226 yards in that game, which, which was which was a good game. You know, I think I think Mariota played well in the game that he got out there in. But, um, you know, it's just, it, it's just something that, man, Derek Carr is the guy you got to ride right now, um, and, and that's fine. But what are your pieces around him? That's where things get a bit shaky. Not from the running back standpoint, because Josh Jacobs does his thing, man. Over a thousand yards last season. Um, he only played 15 games, so you know he did miss a game there. But 273 attempts. Um, that's a 3.9 yard average. His average rushing attempts was definitely down, guys. I know people were hating on him last year, but guys, this was not because of his production. That line was not blocking well for him. John Gruden does not put in great running schemes. He's not ever put in great running schemes he is a quarterback guy he's a quarterback friendly guy that's what he does that's what he looks for and yeah it hurt it hurt josh jacobs because from a block scheming standpoint things were just not in place it wasn't proper for him so that's what really hurt him there guys i expect that to bounce back a bit they're gonna make some adjustments and try and get things working for him because why would you not i mean that's your guy that's your guy josh jacobs is your guy he's the he's the young guy out there that you're excited about so you know you're gonna get you're gonna get excited about that um, with him coming back having a good season. So just expect that he's gonna play a little bit better. Now they did bring in um, I can't even think of the guy's name right now. Drake Kenyon Drake. They brought in Kenyon Drake from you know uh, Arizona or Miami wherever the heck he was at that point. But man, guys, he's awful. He's awful. Guys, come on. He's gonna yeah he's gonna take a few carries out there, but you know that. That's just going to take away from what Devontae Booker did last year, Jalen Rashard. Like, that, that's just going to take away from what those guys did. I don't see him really impacting Josh Jacobs. Now, 273 attempts for the season, that's pretty high. If they can get that closer to 200, I think that's better for him, and it might not wear, and his average yards per carry might actually go up. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, you know, he's a guy that he's going to do his thing. The big, huge issue right now, the glaring problem with them is and has been the wide receiver position, you know, after losing, after getting rid of Amari Cooper and stuff the way they did, you know, they had some guys that were there and they could have done stuff, but then they had injuries pop up with those guys they brought in and they're left with Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Renfro, and Henry Ruggs. I mean, guys, Henry Ruggs didn't, 
He didn't play all that well last year. Really didn't. I mean, he had 17.4 yard average catch, which is pretty dang good. Didn't lead the team, but it was pretty good. He only had 26 receptions, 43 targets. That's not a lot of production. 452 yards for the season. Okay? Guys, you're not excited about that. You're not excited about that at all. Now, I do think Derek Carr, again, he's a guy who's a consistent guy. He gets to his guy. He knows what he's doing. And I don't think he had a lot of faith in Henry Ruggs. But I think he will get some more faith. I think throughout this offseason, they'll get a little bit more things going. Uh, last year, offseason was a little different with COVID and everything. So I think they'll build some more chemistry, and that will be good for them moving into this season. So I expect Henry Ruggs to have a better season moving forward. I think Hunter Redfro might actually kind of drop out of this receiving core. Uh, they definitely got some guys who can step in, and we'll see what happens with that. So that's 56 receptions there up for grabs. Nelson Aguilar, you know, that was 48 receptions right there. There you go, up for grabs, guys. Who's going to go get it? <clears throat> um, I mean, he's still there, but, you know, what What do we what do we really expect right now um, from that wide receiving core is the big thing. And Darren Waller, Waller the baller. I mean, 107 receptions. 145 targets, great catch percentage there, 1,196 receiving yards. I mean, he's the only guy last year that could have touched Travis Kelsey from a tight end production standpoint. I mean, he was in the ballpark. So that is huge. Nine touchdowns, okay? Two fumbles, that's it. You know, I mean, it, it, it's amazing what he did. He, he averaged 11.2 yards per catch. Just fantastic. They've got a great gem right there. In Darren Waller, and they need to rely on him again this upcoming season because they didn't add a ton of their wide receiving core. But if they can mix some things up and get Rugs involved a little bit more from a deep ball standpoint, this team could give a little more effective on the offensive standpoint. The big challenge that this, the biggest challenge this team has, and it has been that since they let go or since they traded away one of the best defensive players in the league. We all know who we're talking about. I'm not going to mention it. But you trade him away, and now what happens? Your defense is garbage. Your defense is garbage. Your defense has been garbage. You know, the, the defense is atrocious right now in Las Vegas. That That's 100%. That's what it is. That's what's losing you games. That's what's not allowing you to be competitive. Like, your defense is garbage. And so you got a guy in there who's a coach that doesn't focus on the defense. He focuses on the offense. That's all he cares about is the passing game. And, guys, this is hurting them. This is 100% hurting them. They they are not able to play well from a defensive standpoint, and got, teams are just going to outscore them. So they'll look fine. They'll look okay on the field. They'll put up some decent numbers on the field. So the fans are okay. They have something to feel good about. But when it comes down to it, guys, they, they're, they're just okay. They're in the middle of the road, and, and they're stuck in a rut right now. And it's not going to change until they up that defense. I mean, look at it. They had a 1,000-yard receiver in Darren Waller. They had a 1,000-yard rusher in Josh Jacobs. They had a 4,000-yard quarterback in Derek Carr. What does that tell you? That's a good team. That's a good team offensively. Defensively, garbage. Absolute garbage. Pick up the defense, and you'll have a chance to maybe compete in this division. But right now, I don't see that happening still uh, because, you know, John Green's going to do his thing, and every year in the draft, he's going to take the big, shiny new weapon in, in offense, and it's like, fine. You can try and catch up Kansas City all you want, but if Kansas City's just going to keep outscoring you because your defense is garbage, it's not going to get you anywhere. So, 
whatever. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up with our predictions. Um, so predictions for this division, Kansas City Chiefs, number one, duh. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers, number two, duh. Um, Broncos, we actually have number three. I think Bridgewater gets it together and takes over, um, you know, two or three games into the season. I think they give him a shot. He gets out there. I think he does his thing, and I think they actually are better than the Raiders because the Raiders have no defense. So I think the Raiders will actually be bottom of the pack here, uh, which won't be too bad. Maybe they can get some, you know, good draft picks, and maybe they can actually draft defensive players early in the draft instead of John Gruden just taking offensive players. That would be great for them. So, that being said, that's what we see out of the AFC West, guys. Like I said, this is pretty much chalk. I think the only big thing we're talking about here, uh, you know, from our prediction is that the Broncos is going to be third instead of the Raiders. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people wouldn't pick with us. The other thing is we think Teddy Bridgewater will take over quarterback standpoint at one point in the season. Um, and then, yeah. We'll, we'll just have to see from there. I mean, that's only really the big things that are being talked about in this division. Everything's pretty much chalk. Teams are pretty much set. And um, one shout-out, though, I will say, don't be surprised if Javante Williams takes over lead back roll. Don't be surprised if that happens. Okay? Melvin Gordon has been the guy where another guy said, hold my beer, I'm taking over, and this is my team. They had that happen to him when he was in San Diego. And Austin Eckler's now the back there. Don't be surprised Javante Williams does the same thing here in Denver. If Melvin Gordon comes out and shows any sign of weakness or slowing down, he could be a guy that's out of a job again next year or looking for a new team next year. So that's the one thing I will say. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But guys, like I said, we are super excited for the NFL starting back up again. And it's 17 game season this year. That gives us one more week of the season. That makes it super exciting for us. And yeah, like I said, Aurora's wearing her referee outfit. She's super excited for football coming back. And so next episode on Monday, we will be talking about the NFC South. We will be previewing that. So, you know, obviously that team, we got the Buccaneers, Panthers, uh, Falcons, and the Saints. We will be previewing those teams, talking a little bit about them. A lot more news to shake up in that division for sure. Tons of quarterback changes in that division. Well, at least two at this point. Um, but yeah, lots of moves, lots of things changing up, and that will be a lot to talk about. So yeah, what did you guys think about the episode as we move forward with these previews? Is there anything else you guys would like us to talk about when it comes to these divisions? Anything else you guys would like us to touch on um, when we are talking about these teams and what we are previewing for the season? Let us know so we can make it as entertaining as possible and as knowledgeable information um, uh, focused for you guys. When it comes to the upcoming seasons, uh, that would be uh, great. So just let us know what we can do for y'all there. Um, yeah, with that being said, we will get out of your hair, let you guys get on with your day, and you'll hear from us again on Monday. Thank you. Have a great one.